Hey everybody, welcome in to the first ever playoff preview episode of the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, good morning. Um, we've got to do some course correction. We had a down week last week, but we got that out of our system. Uh, we're going to be a little happier today, at least more positive, and uh, focus you on may. the... You well, may be. I'm it's not irate. just because of my uh, team's I am absolutely irate <laughs> <laughs> well i'll try to balance it out uh, and it's it's genuinely it's, it has nothing to do with my results in the league or for the afc south or anything like that i just want to i'm just so excited that the playoffs are here um and there's lots of other good stuff happening too so uh today's show is going to look a little different we're gonna uh for the most part have the same frame framework but we're gonna really dig into the playoffs and uh, talk about each team and each matchup and kind of uh set set you up for what's going to be coming in the next couple weeks. So um, some news first. I guess the trade deadline has passed. There was no trades in the last week, which is kind of surprising. No tr- no trade buzzer beaters. Um, so it's, it's just business now. Indeed. Well, before we get into the playoff picture, let's go ahead and uh, do some Week 13 recap. We'll start off with the Tuesday night game. Uh, those weird Tuesday night games, though, Ravens pounded the Cowboys, and uh, yeah, any any big takeaways from this game for you? Mm, Cowboys are terrible. Yeah. yeah, they're real bad. The I'm I mean I've never seen a comment like a a crew at just bash a team like this crew <laughs> did on the Cowboys defense. Like I've never they were just like guys, this is like Pop Warner football stuff. You're playing man coverage. You the dude sat into zone. And Boykin scores a like thirty yard touchdown. I just remember being like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm watching this in the NFL." It's sort of what it felt like. Yeah, and the Ravens' offenses really struggled at times this season. Uh, and I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't really have to do any passing work in this game in order for them to succeed. They just ran all over them. Yes, indeed. They, I, <laughs> I took that that. The Vegas had Lamar Jackson 188 yards passing over under, and the under did it by a lot. Yeah, it was like he only had 108. Yeah, I think so. That's tough. Uh, I thought about you when I saw that. I was like, eee, that's well, not I knew, good. I thought that that might be. I figured that was a Vegas thing. Yeah, they usually know. They know. They the um, Yeah, that's a a game. You know, the Ravens keep their. Uh, wild card hopes alive and I, i'm starting to be kind of happy looks like that the cowboys probably won't be coming out of the nfc east but we'll talk about the nfc east later um let's go to the monday night games we had the bills and 49ers uh not a terrible game uh josh allen played really well here yeah i um having digs now i do i do watch the bills a lot and i actually think that the bills might be like a dark horse favorite team of mine. Like I love this is mostly dude. Chris Berman did everything for them pretty much. I've been <laughs> I've been having to be a little bit of a Bills sympathizer for a long time, as we talked about him a couple weeks ago, I think. But uh watching them like watching their offense work it was amazing. And I honestly think I don't even know whoever the offensive coordinator is for the Bills, I honestly think may have called or like designs plays better than almost any other offensive coordinator I watched, like it was noticeable like he like that plays are designed 
for not the best players, but to put all of the players they have in the positions that they are most likely to succeed in. Like, they don't ask anyone to do something they can't do in that offense. But, I don't know. I, it was a, I really liked watching that game. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, way to describe how they use Cole Beasley. Because yes. there is nothing at all special about Cole Beasley. You could plug in 35 dudes across the league into, like, <laughs> Literally, just his role, exact same, like routes and like looks from Josh Josh Allen. Pro- <clears throat> excuse me, probably going to get very similar results. Um, not saying Kobe is not you know good, but he's there's no, like I said, there's nothing special about him um, as just kind of that slot guy. But uh, yeah, it looks like you know they have some uh, other guys starting to pick up some uh, Gabriel Davis now that John Brown is uh, hurt. Uh, is filling in nicely for him, and uh, I love Isaiah McKenzie. He's like one of those kind mm-hmm. of jack of all trade players that like does a bunch of little crazy stuff every game. Oh, like Taysom so. Hill. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. I will say I truly despise watching Devin Singletary run the ball. <laughs> um, I ca- like, I kind of like him. I knew it. I, I, I told why I was like, there's nothing necessarily wrong. It's like the style of running. I was like, this is the exact type of back throw that Hunter likes. Like, I feel like. And Gib- Antonio Gibson is like that too. Like, oh, there, yeah. There, there's like that. Flashy. It, it's like the scat back. Like, when someone yep. talks about scat back, I'm like, Hunter is really into the scat back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he Hunter really <laughs> is into those backs for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have Devin Singletary in one league, and I've, uh, I haven't tried to trade Rob for him because I, I can't really trade anymore <laughs> with the team we have here. Um, but I have tried to get him in my other league, too, and just couldn't. Because I really think this, like, because Josh Allen rushes some, that takes away from him. But this team has just really evolved into a really great passing offense. And so I think a lot of the, the, his, like, struggles fantasy-wise this year are not necessarily uh, indicative of his ability. It's more just, like the offense and the game scripts that he's in. Yes. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, so. I also love Tyler Knox and like how they use him. They like figure out ways to get him the ball too. Um, Tyler Knox? Dawson? Dawson Knox. Yes, him? Dawson Knox. Yeah. Tyler Bass. Yeah. That's their kicker. <laughs> Dawson Knox, famous uh, zero point trade value uh, from earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the 49ers... I think it's just one of those seasons where you're like, sorry guys, like if everything was, was right there, you, you would still be really good, but it's just Mullins is not enough to get it done. Um, missing Kittles is obviously terrible. So nothing much more to say there. Um, it was a pretty good week in the NFL. I think there was, especially in the, like the first, the noon games, there was just lots of close games, kind of last minute, uh, flips and stuff like that. Um, the Sunday night game, was not what I was expecting between Chiefs and Broncos. Uh, thought that was gonna be a blowout. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, this was gonna say like, what do we? What do you even make of like the Broncos? Because their defense is not terrible. Like they're they're almost like the Chargers, but the Chargers are a little bit better for sure. But you're like they don't have bad players, and they and those players don't like not perform it's like they they just don't this is like the closest thing to the cliche of like winning culture it's like the broncos just don't have a winning culture the pieces are there they just can't <laughs> get it to the end zone um, yeah I, I really think that the 
I didn't think this at the beginning of the season per se, but I really do think this could be a team where if you plugged in a good quarterback, it could pretty much just change the whole team. Agree. Yeah, I think that it's definitely a team that is the cl- like. I think in the structure of rebuilds, like the Jets, the Jets need somewhere between five and and fifty three new players on their team <laughs> to to be better. And right. Then, and then like so that's like the beginning of a rebuild, and then like the different stages of it. And so if the Broncos were in a rebuild, they're, they're like the one piece away part of that. Yeah, I rebuild. I think their their defense definitely has struggled at times this year, and I don't know enough about it specifically to know what they need, but. Um, I, I, I have kind of decided that Drew Locke is not the long-term answer. Um, and I think like not at his, like in his mind, he is like that dude is still like, thinks he is the best, which I guess you kind of have to think that way about yourself if you're going to be in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's the answer. Mm Um, let's see here. Uh, the, uh, Patriots chargers game kind of wild. 45 yeah. to 0. <laughs> yes. Did you get to catch much of this game? No, not okay. at all. Go peek Cam Newton's stats that he had for a, a whole 45-0 blowout victory. Well, yeah, I did see that. That okay. is truly mind-boggling. 69 nice passing yards and 48 <laughs> rushing yards, and they somehow win 45-0. to zero. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's The Chargers are, east, are like the... I would, I would take any... Three and nine team, and I don't know if I'd pick a team to go into the playoffs and to potentially like win the Super Bowl. The, <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers could potentially do that if they were allowed yeah. to like just get in, like easily the best three and nine team I've ever seen. Yeah, and on the flip side, I think this Patriots team might be the worst team to like ever produce a forty-five-zero shutout in the history of football. Like that is so fluky. I know they had a punt return for a touchdown. Um, I don't know if there was defensive touchdowns or like what happened to produce the, this crazy result, but it definitely wasn't Cam Newton. So, yeah, no, and I'm for everyone out there listening. Jared Stidham was two for three for sixty-one yards, so only eight yards behind Cam with a touchdown on his garbage time. In sixteen fewer attempts, <laughs> so mighty impressive. Um. I mean, it's it's going to be hard through this rundown not to talk about every game because it seems like there's something there for all of these. Um, tell me, as the uh, Wentz hurts things unfolded, uh, how do you feel about that? Since those are your QBs. Oh, I'm just I'm just ecstatic. Like, the, I honestly made that trade because now it's like, like I have a starting quarterback for three years. Like. Because Car- like again, Carson Wentz isn't going anywhere. That sh- that deal that they s- gave him was mm-hmm. extremely bad. So he's yeah. going to have to be sitting there. And so it's like, well, they're gonna go with Jalen or or Carson at, like for the foreseeable future. And I am uh, I'm I'm curious to see what Jalen Hurts looks like in a full game. But like, he looked fine for like like good out there. Also, the offensive line is so bad. Watching Jalen Hurts scramble around, you can definitely feel like the athletic <laughs> lift that he helps give that team of like breaking contain breaking the pocket and like making things happen. Yeah. I also think this could be I don't know, I mean, I clearly don't know this, but I could see this being like a a locker room booster type deal. Yeah. Where maybe there was there's been some frustration or something and Maybe the players are like, "Let's, uh, we want to see this guy have a chance." I, I have no idea, obviously. Um, 
But at the same time, you know, I think the I don't think Carson Wentz is as terrible as I kind of want him to be. For some reason, I've like decided I want him to fail. I, I really don't know why. Um, maybe is it's because redhead, 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 redhead quarterbacks. That, I don't know. I like Andy Dalton, but it could be that. It could be just the crazy overreactions that the guy in my other league has for him. I, I don't know. Um, but I think it's in his defense a little bit. I would say like this team has just been so beat up all season. I'm not sure it's completely his fault. Like the offense just has looked awful every game. They haven't done well in the games they're supposed to. Um, and it can't all be on him. So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see because I, I feel like Hertz was supposed to be a developmental guy. So we'll we'll find out. Yeah, and, I, and we'll talk about more probably when we get to my team. But um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that from their like their organizational strategy it's similar to like Fitzpatrick was doing perfectly fine but going to put Tua in because we have to know like for, they might end up starting Tua but like Jalen Hurts might also be like we got to know if in this first round if things go south like are we taking another quarterback again like kind of idea yeah especially since they're not gonna make the playoffs I guess they can afford to Oh, they can make the playoffs. Like that. That's the problem. I mean, they they can, yes, it's but not they're even not hard. They're one <laughs> game behind, right? Well, uh, they're two now, okay. or well, one and a half because they okay. had a, <laughs> they had a tie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, realistically speaking, they're not doing anything. So, um, let's see here. We got speaking. Okay, let's stay in the NFC East here. The Giants uh, just shut down the Seahawks. Man, that that Giants defense is legit. It is pretty good, and Colt McCoy, he did what he yeah. needed to do. He, yep. he did. He pulled a Lamar Jackson. Classic kind of game <laughs> manager game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, there there is a there is little production on from the offense of the Giants in general. Yes, if uh, right. if you've got any anyone at all on that team, but that's not named Wayne Gallman, you do not need to be playing them. Yes. Um, bummer for the Seahawks, man. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like that they're losing. <laughs> it makes me sad. I, I really have become a Seahawks fan in my heart somehow. Um, but I, I do. This is good because I, like, I think I said last week that I wanted the Giants to be the team. So, yeah, um, and I, that's exciting. Yes, and I agree. And also, I think oh, the Seahawks are eight and four, and the Titans are eight and four. I buy that. They're like probably. I think that that's about right. Like both terrible defenses and like a pretty balanced and like lots of like above average weapons with an AJ DK right like they, yeah. they they're they're kind of structured up similarly they have similar records yeah i was going to say the def- the defensive um struggles there are very similar mm-hmm. um uh rams cardinals i, I mean i don't have too much to say Kyler just kind of dropped the the, the Kyler drop off in the latter half of this season has been a little sad, but I think it's partially the injury. So, yeah, my my note on this game literally just says Kyler yikes uh, because he's my like my playoff hopes in my other league, but um, like you said, he hasn't really been the same since his shoulder injury. Um, Raiders almost blew it. Yeah, the Raiders, oh my gosh, almost gave the Jets their first win, uh, which would have been hilarious because we've said this many times but really don't know what to make of the Raiders. They are a very odd team, and this, yes. this kind of proved that. Beat the Chiefs, beat the Browns, lose 
by huge amounts of points to the Falcons and almost lose to the Jets? No. No answers. Um, I feel kind of robbed that we didn't get to see Tua and Joe Burrow in this Bengals-Dolphins game, and that's really all I have to say about that. Yeah, same. Um, anything else here? I think. I mean, we have Taysom Hill played well again against the Falcons. Um, did get some passing touchdowns, and you know, I I think he's kind of proved he can at least do this. You know. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and he, if, like, from a fantasy perspective, he managed to do well himself. Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara did his normal thing, but Michael Thomas, I think, without Taysom Hill, I don't know if he would have been able to been allowed to catch a ball with Drew Brees under center. So, you as a Michael Thomas. Owner. Yes, and if you're a Michael Thomas fan, he's been doing very well with Taysom Hill. Shockingly, like, yeah, no, I th- I think it makes sense. Like that was kind of people's knock on Michael Thomas uh, in the past couple of years was that he just runs slant routes and Drew Brees can't throw far, and so that's he gets a lot mm-hmm. of those. And I mean, it makes sense that they would ease in Hill in the same type of uh, type of offense. So. I think it makes sense. It's not like he's chucking bombs. Like Emmanuel Sanders not producing because, right. uh, yeah. you know, he's a deep threat kind of guy. But, yeah, uh, I, at this point I'm starting to want, not because I want him to win, I just want to see it, but I want Taysom Hill in the playoffs. Drew Brees, I'm, I, you're, you're done. Dead to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready for him to retire as well. Yeah, I'm ready for it to be Taysom or Jameis. I'm fine. I'd actually rather have Jameis in there, but... We'll see how and that goes. It, it's crazy that I was very much in support of the popular ballers getting uh, a third for Taysom and a hand up, definitely wrong on that one. Like Taysom Hill proven otherwise that, that he's worth, at least for this season alone, uh, putting up big numbers. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into this. Let's have some fun here and talk about the playoffs. Um, what we're going to do is uh, we'll talk about the the tanking results real quick at the bottom four and then we're gonna profile the four teams playing this week and then we'll talk about katie and, and i's team next week uh so we ended up at the the first two slots getting that playoff by um so the popular ballers pulled it off dropping all the way to ninth place behind flaming hot cheetahs so trevor lawrence almost certainly going to noah yes it seems it seems to appear that way uh, we'll see what happens draft day. Um, I can't, I can't imagine a scenario really where you you don't do that. Maybe one of the other QBs blows up for some reason and goes to a good team. I don't know. But uh, you got Noah number one, Aaron picking at second place. Uh, at least in the first round, Noah picking on behalf of Touchdown Nabby, and then Colton uh, with just more more bad luck <laughs> gets seventh place. Yeah, Colt not being able to drop a pr- practically a single spot during the tank is that's rough. Especially, you know, yeah, he sold off guys um, in a different world. I think his team could have beat out Marley Magic uh, if things had fallen right, but that's that's not what happened. So those are the bottom four, and now we're gonna profile these four teams for the playoffs. And Spicer, we're gonna start with you since you're the third seed. Um, I'm gonna walk everyone through your roster real quick a little bit, and uh, we want to what we want to do here with both these matchups is kind of find what we think needs to happen for each team to win. Um, interestingly enough, uh, you and Marley Magic 
and the God Kings and Winterfaces, both of these teams have faced each other twice on the season already. Um, so you beat the Marley Magic both times you played them. Uh, it was in week 13 and then I think maybe week 4 or 5, somewhere in there. Um, so you know what they say, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. Yeah, and also I'm just irate. Out of all the teams that I least want to play, it's probably Marley Magic because it's the team I least want to beat. <laughs> like, yeah. it's the team I least want me to, like... If like if I were to win to to be the team that loses to me, I don't know. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Yeah, so that's mad a tough. Himself. It's tough. Uh, I was definitely rooting for Marley Magic in his run to get into the playoffs, and um, like you said, it, I would not want to be in your position either to be the bad guy there. Um, but we, we see points matter here. Uh, Two point six points would have gotten you the. 2.6 points over the whole season would have got you that playoff by. Very crazy. Uh, and one point difference in the 4-5 spot. But uh, nonetheless, let's get into it. So your quarterbacks, we've got Kirk Cousins, Taysom Hill, and really Wentz. Those are your only options. I'm guessing we'll, for most of these playoffs, we'll probably just see Cousins and, this, and whoever's starting for the Saints. Uh, very hard to trust an Eagles QB right now. Um, running back, we've got Alvin Kamara, um, I think number one player this year in fantasy, going to be starting riding him. Antonio Gibson, very tough if that injury keeps him out. Uh, looks like he's not uh, potentially not playing this week. Um, we've got Thielen, we've got Diggs, and we've got Jefferson. Uh, all really strong tight end, or I'm sorry, <laughs> wide receiver options. Uh, really, Jefferson's really coming into his own. And then your tight ends, we've got Eric Ebron and Jonu Smith, too awful between. And then in the flex, you've got lots of options. We've got Hollywood Brown, Aaron Jones. Uh, that's probably it. Maybe. Yeah, well, and I will say Aaron Jones is actually where Antonio Antonio Gibson is really more that flex. Yeah, that trying, flex. I, I was, you know, I was I was trying to, the last game of the season, try to give him a little a little inspiration. He got hurt, so it was a big bummer. He, re, he got the call up to the to the RB spot this week. Yeah, I, I I hadn't scrolled down and and made that mental note yet, but you're right. Uh, great RB duo to be starting, uh, Kamara and Jones. Um, so hopefully Gibson's healthy. If not, you know you really really pray that D- Daniel Jones comes back so Slayton becomes startable again. Um, otherwise, you know you you've kind of got some dicey options in the flex. So uh, this is your team. Uh, what are you wanting to see from them in the playoffs? Well. So first off, I have a, I have a lot. It, it feels like it's been forever since we had a podcast because of the Tuesday Wednesday thing, but um, so I th- so with the, in terms of like my flex spot, it's probably going to be Hollywood and Antonio Gibson unless unless Antonio Gibson is like down, and then it will be probably a matchup decision amongst like. Jacoby Myers, Darius Slayton, um, Anthony Miller, uh, Christian Kirk, and Jonu Smith. Like, all those players are essentially equivalent to me. They're all, like, Mm -hmm. wide receiver three, like, boom-bust flex kind of options. I don't really have anything. And James Conner's on the COVID list. So once he comes back, that also, he will probably go in. Yeah, for sure, starter. Um. So that's sort of where I said I did want to talk about like my quarterbacks though because uh, 
Mike Glennon <laughs> against the Titans, I, I would be <laughs> lying to you if I didn't think, like, I might start this man against the Titans. because He's played totally fine against actual NFL passing defenses. And so the Titans are so bad. Yeah. I mean, he's going to play, so it's definitely an option. Um, I don't know who I would start him over, but... Yeah, it's really hard. The the cousins in Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay still gives up a lot of yards to receivers. So I'm not really sure what the that's that's the one that's trying to figure out like mm. how how sold out do I want to be on having to live or die by the Vikings. But with Thielen and Jefferson, I'm gonna have to live and die by him anyways. Yeah, like and Cousins has had like three or four weeks now where he's been playing well. The Vikings have been playing well, so yeah, I wouldn't too- feel terrible. No, I don't feel terrible, but I also I almost texted you to see if if I could if I was allowed to if you could take Jalen Hurts off my taxi squad and move him back on just because I want to see him in the starting lineup with Taysom Hill. I wanted to see Taysom Hill <laughs> and Jalen Hurts both potentially starting <laughs> in the two QB spots against just each other. Once. Yeah, just once. Uh, which is hilarious that they're playing each other in the, the our playoffs. Um, yeah, that would be truly bizarre. Um, well, yeah, I like your team. I think, uh, you know, there's been some troublesome concerns in the back half of the season, but, uh, the way your receivers are playing and the way Taysom Hill is scoring fantasy points, I think, uh, I don't even necessarily think your, your team lives or dies by the Gibson injury. I think it could be fine without him. Uh, but you have to have either him or James Conner, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I also want to put, put, poke in here a little locker room chat, which is, I do think I'm very upset that Josh Jacobs was hurt. Like, never want to see that. But I do. I was thinking, like, Josh Jacobs is definitely a Gotham Knights player, and Diggs is definitely more a Bruce Matthews player. I feel like the styles are much more aligned. Oh, yeah. I've been, been very happy with it because um, outside of his, like, game that got cut short with injury, uh, he produced really well for me down the stretch, um, and I think he's going to have a really good playoffs. So hopefully he's healthy but yes um i miss you digs <laughs> all right uh marley magic the the darling of the playoffs probably the people's favorite i would imagine um walk us through this team all right so first off the uh the quarterback decision i'm going to be choosing between uh mr matthew stafford uh mr baker mayfield and Mr. Tua Tungavailoa. So, uh, some fun options in there. Um, yeah, just, I, you know, I think that you just start the best matchups with those quarterbacks. And maybe maybe Stafford is your full starter. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell with Baker because he played in the wind and rain for two of those games. And I kind mm. of give him a free pass on those. So, yeah. Uh, so, Totally quarterbacks, totally fine. We at running back. This is probably right now toughest spot is Nick Chubb, Giovanni Bernard. Bernard just hasn't been, you know, getting the looks. Even if with him being in on a on over, you know, sixty percent of the snap counts, he's just not getting touches on the ball. Him and that stash just uh, yeah <laughs> can't get it going right now. Um, Love the stash. Then he's going to have Tyler Lockett, uh, A.J. Brown, and Mike Evans rounding out his wide receiver's slots. Um, all, all great. I love all those players. 
very good. Solid, solid wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. His big dog, Travis Kelsey. I mean, God tier in this league. Absolute yep. cheat code. Um, and then and in the flex spot, which is this is probably gonna be this is where Marley's gonna 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 make his magic happen is in uh, Sterling Shepard and James Crowder have both had in the last two weeks some good games, some like solid performing like thirteen point games like uh, Jameson Crowder. I said James Crowder. Jameson Crowder <laughs> has had uh, two touchdowns last week, and they have good matchups going into this week. Uh, some other options he has at wide receiver and flex spots are going to be he has uh, J.D. McKissick, who with Antonio Gibson out, he's much more uh, prob- like likely to be played. Mm. Uh, you have some players like Malcolm Brown, who has been a r- real letdown this year after a big first week. Yeah. Um, and let's see. After that, we're getting we're starting to get more and more dart throwy. I think Ga- Michael Gallup is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. With it, depending on how you feel about Andy Dalton, um, Nelson Aguilar. So he's got some he's got some pretty good dart throws. Tyler Higby's always nice at the tight end as your flex. So he's definitely got some uh, some potential firepower. I mean, this is the Marley Magic way. It, it, it's feast or famine on this team. It's, it's it's I feel like it's a very boom bust like sometimes they all pop off. Sometimes it's a day for like the Cleveland Browns, you know, <laughs> when you have that many orange yeah. helmets on your roster, it just happens. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um breaking news just came across the ticker. Sources are saying that Washington starting running back Antonio Gibson was diagnosed with a painful case of turf toe, which may knock him out for Sunday versus the 49ers. His status is in doubt but will be evaluated as the week goes on. Very timely for this news to break uh, as we're just talking about him. And in my non-professional opinion, I think that this could end up being the key for this matchup this week because McKissick uh, having Noah Gibson and then if you don't have Gibson uh, is obviously huge for for Marley. Yeah, this is is not good. The only good thing is that, that 49ers defense is good. So mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know if I, if Antonio Gibson if James Connor's healthy would it even start for me. Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> I agree. It does That's help fair. him out with McKissick. So very true. Um, it's funny when you were talking about Malcolm Brown, I was thinking about how you know that was before we had the Snake Oil Salesman of the Week award, but that Week One matchup probably would have been handing that to Mr. Brown, even though he was on my own team at the time. But uh, one of my favorite trades of the season was trading him away for Jarvis Landry. Um, early on that was that was good um yeah i don't i don't think i have a ton of uh ancillary comments to add for marley i think uh you want you know crowder to keep doing his thing again you know you have slayton he has shepherd i think it looks like i guess maybe shepherd has a better chance at producing with colt mccoy i guess uh based on the type of kind of stuff he does but still would rather have danny danny uh jones come back um, good playoff matchups for him too. His wide receiver core may be the best one in the league, at least this week, with Lockett against the Jets, AJ against the Jaguars, and uh, Mike Evans against the Vikings, who have been letting up a ton of points all season. So, uh, some potential big points there. Yeah, some big points. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, let's head into the Winter Faces versus the God Kings matchup here. Um, the like I mentioned earlier, both these teams have already played uh, each other twice, and the Winter Faces were victorious in both of these games. It was actually a Week One game, and then like Week Ten or so. Um, so again, hard to beat a team three times. So we'll see if the God Kings can pull it off. Uh, we'll start with the higher seed here again, which is the God Kings uh, that snuck in over them at fourth place. And uh, run through this here. We've got Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill starting at quarterback with backup options of Andy Dalton and Philip Rivers. You've got James White, uh, Miles Sanders at running back with Melvin Gordon been playing well as another option there. Uh, wide receivers, we're looking at Chase Claypool, rookie sensation, Devontae Adams, I'm pretty sure wide receiver one or two this year. And then Keenan Allen, who's been kind of boom bust a little bit recently, but a good player there. Uh, we've got Dallas Goddard, who still producing even with Ertz back, which is nice. And then old cheat code Robert Tanyan, <laughs> who can be played as a wide receiver or a tight end, doesn't matter. He scores lots of points. And then Amari Cooper, uh, who actually been been doing good even with with a, a slew of quarterbacks that are bad so a uh, pretty good starting lineup here for the god kings he's had some of the highest scoring weeks on the season uh made a lot of good trades and moves throughout the season to put himself in this position was not high on his team in uh the preseason but uh made some good looks there or made some good trades here to make his team look better um I think for him, the key is just kind of hoping he doesn't have any running back injuries because um, he does not really have much depth or, or room for error at running back. Because um, with Gordon and James White, uh, both of those guys are just something away from leaving him in trouble, uh, in my opinion. And neither of them have been consistent across the whole season. So uh, that's where he's at. And and he's got Cole Beasley, too. I don't want to skip over that because Cole Beasley's had a really good season. I think he's like a top 20 wide receiver, which is hilarious. So funny. Again, a reminder that, like, I know that we like to think, like, 30 is the death year for wide receivers. But, you know, I think that a lot of wide receivers, like 30-31, they're still able to be productive for you in that sort of role that Cole Beasley's doing just like that Adam Humphreys was kind of doing it before his entry too in a lot of ways yeah yeah absolutely very similar uh players and uh I think Beasley gets used more but yes very good point there um and who knows I mean he's even got Antonio Brown and Ruggs both very risky players but uh you know you've got he's got options in his flex uh but it's almost like a overwhelming kind of they're all the same, kind of like yours, like T.Y. Hilton, very inconsistent, Marvin Jones. Um, so this he's got some depth for the flex and receiver, but the running backs, you got to hope, stay healthy through the last few weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Uh, well, let's uh, finish out with <laughs> the winner faces, the preseason favorites from both of the pundits in the league. So walk us through it. All righty. We got at the quarterback spot, we got old man Tom Brady and young man Patrick Mahomes uh, coming in as the starting QBs. Uh, Joe Burrow on injury. We have Nick Mullins as the backup, um, as well as uh, Brandon Allen as the emergency quarterback. Um, we're going to have uh, Chris Carson and the the surprise, potentially, of the 2020 season, James Robinson. Who's yes. really been amazing, amazing, Absolutely. amazing for the winter faces. 
of True Delight. Then we're going to have uh, Chris Godwin, who's had with the injury just like in and out, kind of a kind of a choppy year, but still very good receiver. We have uh, a favorite here uh, of the Bruce Matthews in Terry McLaurin, another just that's the kind of player that needs to be in green. <laughs> and then a, a hero in Debo Samuel. Which let me tell you, the, the the announcers. I love when announcers just hop on a player that they just want to tell a narrative about. And Debo <laughs> yeah. Samuel was that player for the like last week's. I think mm-hmm. that maybe the Tuesday game that we didn't watch, and I heard him go, Debo Samuel. He he's just a dog, and I was just <laughs> like, oh my gosh. The I'm I know that he was a flaming hot cheetahs player, but really, De- Debo Samuel was made to be a winner face. That dog. He, D- DK is a is a flaming hot the Debo and Brandon Ayuk m- much more flaming hot cheetahs. Um, coming into the starting tight end after that little ramble is Mark Andrews uh, going to be coming off the COVID list. Uh, didn't play last night. Um, it's going to be interesting to see without Mark Andrews being able to be in there. Um, kind of throws him off a little bit. He's a big contributor to this team. We have uh, Ronald Jones as uh, a top flex option here, really into like if someone who they never meet their projection, they either <laughs> they either boom or bust. Like absolutely. So, you know, but hey, at the flex spot when, with a dart, he's perfect. Like yeah, great great flex option. And then we have uh, Hunter Henry, who would uh, as the other flex option who would become the the tight end. I'm guessing if Mark Andrews can't go on the COVID list. Um, some other sort of like highlights of flex options. We have Damian Harris still in there. Uh, we have uh, Kareem Hunt, it, which his usage just seems to have gone down the last three weeks. Uh, Chubb just getting more looks, but overall still could have good good day. CeeDee Lamb, again, it's so hard because – you you want to start CD Lamb? He just doesn't have. You can't trust Andy Dalton very often. Um, uh, Chenault, is same deal with Glennon. So a lot of a lot of the winter faces players are sort of limited by, not the players, but maybe the quarterbacks in their system. Like, like McLaurin is kind of the same way. Um, just some unfortunate injuries at the quarterbacks for his wide receivers. Oh, and he has Raheem Mostert, who had a, another player with a choppy season injury-wise. So, not I don't think... He, he doesn't have a ton of decisions to make after his starters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that it's pretty, like, almost no-brainer starts. But uh, Raheem Mostert is probably the one who's the... You just waffle back and forth on every week. Like how can you put keep him on yeah. the bench? I hate those 49ers running backs. Yeah, it's a mess. It is a mess, but um, a nice, a pretty solid team. The uh, not, I think that he does a pretty good job of. the The only thing is he does he is pretty heavy on on the Bucks. I just always like to think about like how yes. how diversified is your portfolio. So he's a. Three starters there. So and, in Tampa and Bay. Three Packers for the uh 
for the God Kings. So, yeah, um, I think this is you know clearly it's a good team. I probably better than their record, and especially again for the dynasty outlook, one of the scariest wide receiver cores in the league, top to bottom. Uh, it, it's one of my favorites because you've got guys like CD and um, um, what just happened to my brain. Um, DJ Moore, who haven't like played as well as I think they like are because they've had weird quarterbacks and like uh, it's been a weird year for DJ Moore, but I think he's like a top talent receiver. Um, but then you got guys like Chenault too. Like you were saying, like once they get a quarterback, that dude is is kind of one of those gadget type players again that mm-hmm. can do a bunch of crazy stuff there. Um, and then the the guys he's got starting are all good already. But uh, yeah, one of this is like a team full of wide receiver too. It's like I think none of them are like alpha dogs, but n- none of them are like in the like ambiguous wide receiver three range where it's like coin flips. Like these are all like really good dudes. Um, so he's got good depth there, which is good for the playoffs. But as we've been talking about pretty much all season, the running backs are the issue. And of course, we talked about preseason. He needed to kind of find a running back to produce, and he got James Robinson. So that's good. Um, but he just the depth has been an issue because a lot of his guys have been in and out with injuries or inconsistent, like Damian Harris, Henderson, uh, Mostart, and Ronald Jones, all very volatile players. So I think Mark Andrews could be the key to success here. And then uh, it really hurts that you don't have Burrow to put up some of the numbers he was doing. you got to rely on old man Tom. So, uh, yeah, I, I will face the winner of this matchup and would not want to play either of them. So... We'll see what happens. We, we shall see. Well, <clears throat> I hope you guys like that little playoff preview. We'll be, do it again next week with the uh, Gotham Knights and the Matriarchs. Get Look at our rosters there and uh, move on to the semifinals. So uh, without further ado, Spicer, it's time, at least last time for the regular season, to give out our awards. All righty, let's do this. I will start us off with the Corporate Global Workman of the Week Award. And this was an easy, easy one. Uh, Just a monster performance this week from the Matriarch's own Darren Waller. Uh, Pretty much single-handedly gave her that that first round bye with a 51-point performance. Uh, The tight end premium really helps when you get 13 catches as a tight end. Um, 200 receiving yards, two touchdowns. just a, a huge game and helped them avoid embarrassment of losing to the Jets. Yes, this was an easy one. I think we all knew after maybe the first first three quarters of that game that he was going to be the workman of the week, I think. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, all righty. Well, for the next award, we're going to have the Sex Up or Shut Up Award. So this week... And this one is going to go to my opponent for next week and last week, <laughs> uh, the Marley Magic, because really out of any every team in the league, he probably has the toughest week-in, week-out quarterback decision. And so this week he's getting it for, and I don't even know who you consider he started Stafford and Mayfield and sat Tua. Um, I don't even – so I, I kind of want to give it for uh, Stafford against Detroit, but – Either one, uh, they can they can we can have our first uh, co award <laughs> for Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield. You're both gonna get a half 
a half sex. One of you gets the <laughs> sex up, the other one gets the shut up part. Nice. I guess Baker will probably get the shut up part for the, for the people. <laughs> I'm sure that that's part of what the media wants, you know? Like, um, So, there you have it. Nice. Yeah, Tua had a tasty matchup uh, against the Bengals. So, um, yeah, very well. All right, so this award here, I am going to do this, uh, since it's a new award, this is the Snake Oil Salesman of the Week Award. Um, and again, since this is a new award, I'm going to do something for the end of the reg- to mark the end of the regular season. So I'm actually going to give out a Snake Oil Salesman of the Year Award, mainly because it's somebody I've wanted to talk about, and I don't know that I have really at any point. So... Um, I guess it applies to this week, but again, this is for the whole season for him. I'll probably still do this award through the playoffs and everything, but uh, we haven't really talked about what we're going to do in playoff shows yet. So this award is going to David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure this is going to make uh, Rob real sad that I'm doing this, but um, so this guy is RB11 right now on the season, and I'm almost giving this award... Uh, to try to get ahead of some of the off-season narratives. And, you know, this is a dynasty league, so he's going to be on Touchdown Abbey, and I doubt he's going anywhere. But if you're playing redraft or if you get into another league, just be wary of of the meteoric rise that this guy's about to have because he's going to let down so many people next year. Um, he is not the 11th best fantasy running back, just not. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries this year in running backs there always will be but this year especially seems like we've had a lot of guys out um and montgomery in my opinion is just not the best uh he uh has had the last couple weeks 25 points and 27 points um and he this is one of those things where like volume overcomes like talent to some degree in fantasy and he got a lot of work this week he had like 17 carries um but just had 72 yards uh last week he had one huge run that was kind of just garbage that made up a lot of his points there um because he only had 11 carries in that game uh, against the packers and they're a bad run defense so uh, i've been kind of down on him for a while uh, but i think these last two weeks really inflated his season numbers and just like i said keep in mind i said this going into next year he's going to get some hype um, and he's going to disappoint. Yeah, I mean, looking at his numbers, he is probably one of the most matchup-dependent players I've ever seen. Like, any team that has a bad run defense, he will do fine against. Any team with, like, a medium run defense is kind of a toss-up, and anything that's, like, a good run defense throughout the season, he had, like, a 12-pointer last day. So, except for one time against Tampa Bay, and he had a touchdown, so... That would have been 12 points without the touchdown. So it's like, I think that, I uh, see, I, I'm pretty high on David Montgomery. Maybe I'm buying in, but you're right. One of the reasons he's number 11 right now is just sheer availability, not being, like, just he played every week. Yeah. F- full reps. So, like. Health. Yeah. But you know what they say? Your best ability is availability. So. Yeah. They do say that, and they also say that Tariq Cohen has been out for the season. So all this passing work that he's getting, it's gone. Like that literally, is true. erase it. Um, he won't and he, be the bell cow next year. No, uh, but people will forget, and people 
think stupid things and they'll be like, oh, Tariq Cohen, he's hurt. He's getting, he's not going to be the same. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll come in there and get all those receptions and ruin David Montgomery. So that's your snake oil salesman of the year award. Ooh, all right. So next up, we have the Pinchable Cheeks Award. So this week, the Pinchable Cheeks. I know that Darren Waller's out there with his big 200, 200 yard, two touchdown game. It's very impressive, all that good stuff. But this week, it's another Marley Magic team hmm. member award. And this one, or no, it's not. It's the God Kings. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Psych. Uh, no, it's not. It's the touchdown to Abbey's. <laughs> gotcha on the third one. We're gonna keep doing it. Oh, but it goes to none other than Corey Davis. Oh yeah, with eleven receptions for 182 yards and a touchdown. Uh, had had a monster day. Some of it kind of garbage time. We'll we'll talk more about the Titans game, but I I've really I really was down on Corey Davis. I thought that this was gonna be like a Corey Davis like. He's peaked, like, the best he had was sort of, like, his last year when A.J. broke out and him sitting in that number two role possession wide receiver, but he has been very good, so, and I've been very excited about it. So, wanted to give Corey Davis some love. Yeah, I think that it's been interesting for him this year because uh, I think he's he missed, like, two games from injury, maybe, uh, like, early in the season, but um, he's, like, a definitely a top 30, you know, receiver, somebody you're starting every week. And it, it, I read somewhere that uh, he's a guy that if you look at his, like the matchups the Titans have been playing, that when a, the Titans play a zone defense, that Corey Davis kind of shines against those coverages because he just kind of gets in between people. He's really big and just an easy target to like throw to. Uh, but he's not really like doing A.J. Brown things, beating people and getting open man-to-man and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um that's not something that I'm like doing when I'm setting my fantasy lineups, but um, it is cool that he's had some success. Uh, I've kind of had a soft spot for him for whatever reason um, as a, you know, obvious Titans hater uh, kind of like, like him. So yeah. And yeah. look at him. He's out here saying I I was worth that first round pick. Yeah, exactly. Also like I absolutely love like, he could, I just love wide receivers that block, and that's really become a. Like, I think we talked about. I might have talked about it last week, but just Corey Davis is another one who, like, when when Derrick Henry breaks to the outside, Corey Davis is almost always blocking someone. Still, it's amazing. He makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he wins the Pinchable Cheeks Award. Amazing. Yeah. All right, it is time for Hunter's Hunches. You know what? I like that idea. And this was one of the best calls of the season as we move to nine and three on the year which i do have to point out is the second best record associated with this league aside from my own team uh, at 11 and 2 so uh this would have been the second place team if hunter's hunches was a team so just keep that you know I, I i haven't really tooted my own horn enough i don't think with this throughout the season if i'm being honest like i because i genuinely believe that i have not like uh pigeonholed these picks like these have been genuine decisions and some of them have been very like close calls and to come out nine and three is like no joke so i'm very happy with this like uh 
if you had told me at the beginning of the season that it would be nine and three, I would have been ecstatic. Um, and I think it was because I started calling this award Dion Lewis Hunters Hunches. And <laughs> when I dropped the sponsorship from Dion, we have been eight and three or eight and two ever since then. So, um, no, nine and two. Sorry, I'm bad at numbers. Um, I, I had to get away from that because we all know that was not one of Hunter's good hunches. So, um, yeah, Crowder. I told him I told Marley Magic to start Crowder over Geo, Higby, and Shepard, and he almost outscored the three of them combined. So, really great performance with his two touchdowns, 21 points, uh, and a very good game there. Now, this one is going to have to be adjusted. Um, I'm I'm not. 100% sure what I'm going to do yet. Uh, I know we're on the podcast currently. So I, what I did was I made a note to talk about a player that I had a hunch about, I guess since I've already been bragging on myself, a player I had a hunch about preseason that I'm very uh, happy with their results. And that is Deontay Johnson. Um, I own him in both leagues. And in this, in our league, I drafted him in the startup. And uh, I can't take like any personal credit for it, I guess, and saying like, I did my own research to find out Deontay Johnson is going to be good or whatever. Um, but one of the sources that I use for my fantasy research was like screaming in the offseason that Deontay Johnson looked really good on film with uh, the bad quarterbacks that Pittsburgh had last year and was like, this guy's going to be better than Juju next year. Um, and so I was very happy with him. He's only wide receiver 25 on the season, but he didn't play in four games. Um, and the dude has just been like consistent. Like he's getting a ton of targets from Ben, um, scoring touchdowns. I'm just really, really happy that he he paid off. Agreed. You know, I took him in the 14th round. Yeah, no joke. Crazy. Um, so yeah, just had to brag on myself for a little bit and we'll, we'll see what happens with this. Either the award will morph into here's something I might gamble on, or, uh, maybe it just pauses until regular season next year. We'll see. Yeah. You you can always go back to the Ebron, Johnny Smith. Well, and just always pick Ebron. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, But one week I picked Johnny though, and that one worked. So yeah, that is true. Uh, also though, uh, at this point, just for everybody out there, Eric Ebron gets the start. The Pittsburgh Steelers have decided that it's now illegal to run the football. Yeah. Uh, and watching Benny Snell on the goal line was uh, pretty abysmal. It was pretty sad to watch. Um, Especially since he vultured, he's vultured uh, Connor at the goal line multiple times. Like, that's kind of his thing. It didn't work this time. No, it did not. And, but they're just going to throw the ball like 100 times. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so here we go. On to the last award. It's time that we put somebody on notice. So let's do it. This week, I'm going to put on kind of a. This is kind of an odd one. Uh, also, I'm gonna. We're not gonna have anyone go on notice now. This is it. This is this is gonna be our final sittings for the year. Mm, I um, like it. So, this week, we're going to put Leonard Fournette on notice. Mm. Now, Mr. Leonard Fournette, I know that you're sort of in the running back two slot, but here's the deal, bro. You were, like, you left a team that you were the back for because you couldn't quite get along, and you go over here, and you had a good first couple weeks, and it's just been, like, 
I don't know what the deal is, but he has not been involved anywhere close to what he should be uh, for what what you expect when you get a player like that. I mean, we're talking like so anywhere between like a six and eleven total touches. It's tough, and he's only he, he's only twenty five, so he's still got time. But it's been a it's been a rough year for Leonard Fournette. So my brother. Leonard Fournette, you have been put on notice. Yeah, I think that's that's a good one. Uh, ra- the rare uh, you got put on notice, even though you were on buy. <laughs> it's unfortunate, I, he, but yeah. I think it's deserved. I I let the record state I was very 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 low on Leonard Fournette coming into the season. Uh, I hope I communicated that publicly because I, I was like, no, this is not going to work. This is not anything uh for him i think he was talk about snake oil that guy snake is was his whole career in jacksonville was snake oil um and like even earlier in this season the games that he did have good was because he was getting these little receptions but like i promise you if you watch like watch those or look at those in some type of stat way like he was catching the ball like behind the line of the scrimmage and then doing nothing with it just not a good player uh good like in some power back situations and stuff like that. But um, for a guy that was drafted fourth overall just three years ago, he is, uh, he's been a bust. Yes. Agreed. So that was one of those weird, like, Oh, let's go play with Tom Brady. Maybe, you know, I want these good guys. And then, (laughs) so didn't work out. Um, Can we talk for a minute about the players that were on notice and if they're ending on notice and that kind of thing? Cause I'm wondering about T.Y. Hilton with his performance. I'm, that's got to get him out of the shadow realm, right? Yes, I know that everyone's been waiting for this part, right? <laughs> what's going to happen here? What, what's going on? So that's why we, we did that one second this week. So, And why it's going to be the last one. So as far as on notice, Hollywood Brown, he got off notice technically last week on his 75-yard McSorley connection. Hmm. But he definitely gets off notice. Back-to-back touchdown weeks. Uh, Hollywood's off. Off notice. Uh, now, we were, talk- we were talking about... A- Did I put David Montgomery or Devin Singletary on notice? Devin Singletary. Oh, yeah. That young man. Oh, that scat back. <laughs> he, uh... That little scat back. He, he had a much better game. If he was, if he had been doing <laughs> latest news on him when I opened his Devin Singletary continues to be average. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's sounds about exactly right. Exactly what I feel like Devin Singletary do better than average. You're moving down again. I think he's <laughs> one tick away from the shadow realm. <laughs> Young Devin Singletary at five five six or whatever he is, staring into the abyss <laughs> as he sees Ty sort of like. In the distance, and he goes, T.Y.? He yells down, as, and as it echoes, Zeke is a little <laughs> bit behind Devin Singletary. He doesn't move any closer. He, he stays pat. I, 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 want, I want to move Zeke, but he still had, he had 80 like, rushing yards, 18 receive, like, reception, receiving yards for almost 100 total yards on a Cowboys team against the Ravens like, I think that's acceptable to not move. That's like a that's pretty. That's fine. Yeah. Um, 
And so as Devin Singletary stares into the abyss, you see T.Y. running straight out of 2018, the last time he had a 100-yard receiving game (laughs) and a touchdown as he is sprinting up the wall of the abyss and runs up and tries to grab Devin Singletary's hand. So I'm giving them... Uh, they can both get out if only one of them has a monstrous game they can both move back one step so right now Devin Singletary is holding on to T.Y.'s arm on the edge of the abyss as T.Y. just is at the very precipice he's not quite he's not in it anymore but he's not far he's got he's got to at least have something average so so they can either have both average or one of them could have a monstrous game to help pull them and finish it out so that's where we are with the shadow realm and being on notice. So was there, uh, I remember you had put two of your own receivers on notice in back to back weeks. Oh, Christian Kirk. Oh yeah. Christian Kirk's with Zeke now. Okay, cool. Yeah. I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah, Christian Kirk. Nice. Wow. What a, what a ride on the season. It's been fun. Um, all right, we are uh, getting crunch for time. We're going long here, but it's the playoffs. What do you expect? We're going to get high quality. Um, let's talk about the AFC South. Okay. Okay. Um, start with the Jags-Vikings. Um, you know, the Vikings won in overtime, and they should have won a little bit easier than this probably. But uh, really the thing I'm looking at here is just great play from all of our favorite players, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Thielen, etc. Yeah, agreed. Yep, Vikings do Vikings things. Great colors, absolutely mm, love it. Great colors, love that. Love that purple. Uh, we've talked about the Jags a little bit already because of Glennon, so we can move on from them. Um, <clears throat> we'll get the Colts Texans out of the way first. Knock out two birds with one stone here. Uh, I was happy with this game, a hundred percent. It was very nice to see Jonathan Taylor back and have back to back like good weeks fantasy. Um, or not back-to-back weeks, but back-to-back games for him, uh, a fantasy uh, production. And so I might might start him in the playoffs. We'll see, I guess. Uh, but DeForest Buckner being back, our offensive line being healthy, this is the type of game I would have wanted to see as like a bounce back from the Titans mm-hmm. game because this was on the road uh, in Houston. And there, there's a meme. It's really funny. I, I wish I would have like had the foresight to call this for my hunter's hunch it would have been incredible but there's a meme on like the Colts subreddit that ty hilton if you look at his career stats at houston it is like all of his biggest career games are there it is truly insane he does this every time um and so it's it's funny that he did it again but uh yeah the texans are just sad as their receiving core is is banged up i almost picked a couple of their receivers for snake oil salesman but had to go with montgomery so um Keep an eye on Brandon Cooks's injury, and that's all I got to say on this one. Fair enough. Yeah, I look. I didn't get to watch this game. Looking at the box score, though, it, this is more. If you would have asked me week two, like what the, what I thought the Colts would sort of look like, this is much more like what I would expect. Hmm. Like Jonathan Taylor getting a bulk of the carries. Uh, Jordan Wilkins and Hines both being involved. Like one of them being Marlon Mack, though. Mm-hmm. Right, like if he wasn't injured, and then like T.Y. Hilton with a hundred yards and eight receptions, Pittman with five receptions but not as many yards. Like, it, like all of the things that I would expect each player to do, I felt like they did a very game plan, game script kind of game. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, I, again, I think the Colts are good. And last week was not like I said it last week, but no concern for me at all uh, with that Titans game. This is this is a good team. Um, now, we do have to talk about the Titans. See. Um, yeah, not good. Um, not good at all. The defense very bad still, but we already knew that. Didn't really learn anything there. I uh, think we've got some sensitive fan issues a little bit here, as I uh, just simply pointed out that the Browns were performing well and uh, got a little touchy with some folks, but uh, don't know why you guys are surprised. We've been talking about how bad this defense is for a while. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I took the the Browns this week, too. They're, like, the Browns have just been weird because of the weather. Like that. Yeah, you've been, I, I you've been saying that, that a lot. But, but, but like, it's true. But, like, to have, you know, going into this game, if they've played 12 games and to have two of them have, like, 18% of all of your games to watch have been in, like, a weather scenario that is so bad you couldn't even, like, neither team could run one part of the offense. It's just, like, just bizarre games. But this is really just, like, I think that if the Titans, like, the Titans are still good, right? And this and this 41 to 35 game was not that close. It no. was like it was a butt kick. Made it was made interesting at the end, which is still good. Like I'm still happy that yeah. They made it interesting, but overall not very close. Um but until Adoree Jackson comes back, I don't know how much I don't know if the Titans have the defense to really make a a real push here late. Like I don't know if they're going to outscore people in the playoffs. Yeah, it 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 can happen always because of Derrick Henry, but I think the the Jadavion Clowney, like honestly, him being out, I mean, it 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 clearly hurts, right? But it, him signing to the Titans was a failed experiment. Um, it just didn't work out. Maybe in a non-COVID year, it could work out again. I don't know if he's going to be back next year or or whatever. I I don't know, but um, it didn't work out this season, and I think that one if you're wanting to find positives in this game for the Titans, it's that they like kept up their identity, which is like gritty, hard fighting because they did not give up um, with the the fumble and everything at the end. Like they, they made sure to try to make a comeback. Um, and so they, they made it look respectable. And so if you knew nothing about the actual game and just saw the box score, you would be like, Oh, great. Um, but like I said, this was kind of a butt kicking. Uh, I saw a stat that like the, when a team led by however many points the Browns were leading by at halftime in NFL history, it was like 135 and 0. Um, just that—that's nearly impossible to to overcome. But it's winter season. It's Derrick Henry season. Uh, they're capable of of pulling off uh, upsets here. Um, so no, no panicking, I don't think. Yeah, and well, and just getting down so early again, like. It's just nice to see that there's chance to score points without like they only ran the balls uh, 18 times total amongst all their players yesterday the Titans did so sometimes having a game where you don't get to do what you always want to do because other things go wrong is not the worst thing either. Yeah, that's fair, um, and I do you know like again I can't really say any type of like truth or like mostly true thing because then if like something even looks like it goes against what I say then like everybody's like haha Hunter's wrong but like I was definitely right when I said in like one of the first weeks of the season that the Titans cannot win from behind like 
and sure they can get down by seven points and come back or even like two touchdowns and like they are capable as is every other team in the nfl of like making crazy runs in the fourth quarter but that's because of the way you know defenses back off and things like that but if you look at all their losses like they were down by a lot of points early like in the colts game that they lost the steelers game this game um who else did they have they lost to the the browns even ha- or i'm sorry the um the Bengals even had like a pretty good lead uh in that game um how many losses do the titans have four four, four. so that's all of them um but yeah there's a common theme in all those games um it's just that's not the football game they want to play so i've said this though it's winter if they get up or just stay competitive they can ride derrick henry and they can they can win games Oh yeah, they—they're definitely not bad. The—they again, I just think Adoree Jackson coming back would really do it. So, and the offensive line, I'm still quite happy with all things considered, with the injuries they've had there. So, yeah, yeah. And I—I I still also maintain that I will eat a piece of poop if they win the Super Bowl. So you have that to look <laughs> forward to. Oh boy. Oh boy! Well, I really need Adoree to come back. I really need to get on the, on the Twitter and start start talking to him. Be like, brother, we need you. I need you to do this. Uh, well, that's a this is a good show. That's all I have. Uh, anything as we as we leave here? No, I think I think we're good. All right. Well, can't wait to come back next week to talk about the playoff uh, results. And as always, thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Brought to you by Magiano Productions.